Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Amen. All right, yesterday, um, as a means of introduction, I was saying something similar to what um, I'm going to just continue today. And then I was talking about the curriculum that is required for growth. And I find this very important and truly necessary um, for the generation and for the people who would truly do a massive work for God on the earth. All right? It has to be part of who we are, our lifestyle, our DNA, and who we really are. Glory to God. All right, so if you have your Bible with me, turn it to, with you, pardon me, turn it to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. It's a scripture that we all quote, and it's a scripture that we all know. But I want to show you something in that scripture. Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 2. Let's read the scripture together, everyone. One, two, ready and read. Okay, let's let's start again. Together. One, two, ready and read. Please, can the fog machine, you know, be turned off? I feel like the glory of God <laughs> are the wonders at the glory I've been now. Okay. <laughs> so if we can turn off the fog machine, it's a little bit, you know, distracting. Amen. All right. It says that, the, and it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains, and shall be exalted above the hills and all, somebody say all, the nations shall flow unto it. You know, we've read the scripture a couple of times and as truth as many people have taught this scripture to be, that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted and everyone will say, Oh, I'm called to this mountain and I'm called to that mountain and we most times attribute this scripture to the mountains of influence and then we say that this mountain in which you have been called to is the mountain that you must you know succeed you must bring the glory of God in this mountain and that's true but I want to show us something in Exodus chapter 3 Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's go there. Exodus 3 and verse 1. Let's read this together, everyone. One, two, ready, and read. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. And came to the mountain of God. 
Now Moses had kept the flocks of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Median, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to the mountain of God. Let's go to the next verse, verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned, and fire, bush, bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Next verse, verse 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Next verse, verse 4. And when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses. And he said, Here am I. Next verse. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes for, from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Next verse, verse 6. Moreover, he said, I am the Lord God of thy father, da 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 da. Next verse, verse 7. And the Lord said unto him, verse 8, I want to run because our speaker will be here soon. And I've come down, verse 9, verse 10, aha. Verse 10 then says, Come down therefore, and I will show thee unto Pharaoh, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, which thou mayest bring forth my people the children of Israel out of Egypt. Now, listen to me, everyone. You see, when we read this scripture and we talk about the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted and everyone would come to that mountain of God. In Genesis, in this book, Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Moses came to this place and the Bible called it the mountain of God. So what then is the mountain of God? What then is the mountain of God, that place where after you have hustled and, and that's a very satanic word, you know. Yeah. Anyway, let me put that aside. Or you have prayed. That's a very good word, isn't it? Or you've done everything. Then you now say, one day, I'm now finally on the mountain of influence. And I know that's how he's been taught. That we are going to climb this mountain. And it's as though eventually we are going to climb this mountain. And many people are thinking, this mountain, eh? When I go, it will reach the mountain. Let me show you a perspective of what we are really talking about. In Genesis, the Bible says that God told Abraham, to go and sacrifice his son. Genesis 22. Because of time, I won't go into the reading of it. And that was called Mount Moriah. The meaning of the word Moriah is actually called the mountain of sacrifice. The mountain of sacrifice. And in Hebrew, it's actually called the mountain of teaching. The Bible says when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice a son, the Bible says Abraham rose early in the morning. 
took his son and went to the farthest stance in which God had told him to go and sacrifice his son. And so he got to this mountain, climbed up this mountain. Do you realize that God could have asked him to sacrifice his son at the back of his house? But God told him to go to this mountain. Now, I'm not teaching. Don't hear what I'm not saying, no. I'm not saying you have to go to a particular physical mountain. That's not what I'm, because that's not my teaching. But he went there and paid the price of walking through the long journey. There was no fast cars then. You had to walk or you used donkey. So he had to go through that process. Took the child, climbed that mountain called the mountain of teaching. The mountain of sacrifice. Remember again, in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1, Moses also had an encounter with God in Mount Oreb. And the Bible called that mountain the mountain of God. So you see these two experiences of Moses and you also see the same thing of Abraham when we talk about the mountains listen closely before let me show you something Malachi um, chapter 4 verse 1 look at this and let me go to verse 2 quickly verse 2 no, no Malachi. 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 Look at this. Let's read this together, everyone. One, two, ready to read. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established in the top of the mountains. Let's read it again. You are missing something. Read it again. But it shall come to pass that the what? Did you see that part? That the mountain, no S, of the house of the Lord shall be established on top of what? The mountains. Now, hold on. Go back to um, Exodus chapter 1 and verse 3. Chapter 3 verse 1. It says, go there, please. It says, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of the Median, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and he came to what? The mountain of God. I said to you that the Hebrew meaning of Moriah is called the mountain of sacrifice. The mountain of teachings. So what then is this mountain? Let me tell you. This mountain, because if you look at the perspective of Abraham and Moses. <laughs> when they got to that place. Two things must happen at the mountain of God. You want to know it? It is sacrifice. 
And it's not sacrifice to carry bull and calf. It is what you call total abandonment of your life. It means that on that place, before God begins to perpetuate a man, before God begins to use a man, there would be a communication of I want something from you. Not your hand. Not your head. Because if you see what we read earlier, the Bible says God told Moses, he says, come to me and I will send you to Pharaoh. But the first thing there was come to me. Our generation wants to go for him, but not come to him first. Because in the mountain of God, it is a mountain of sacrifice. The mountain of teaching. It was in that place, God started to teach Abraham what it takes for him to be the father of nations. Meaning that for you to be the father of nations, no, you are going to learn that your life is truly not your own. You are going to learn how to offer up your Isaac for me. So if you read that scripture, Malachi chapter 4, let's go there, verse 1. It says, and in the last day shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted and the top of the mountains and it shall be established and it shall be exalted above the hills and people shall flow into it. Next verse, verse 2. Watch this. And many nations, watch this, shall come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and the house of God of Jacob. And what will happen? He will teach us his ways. So the mountain we are talking about here is the mountain in which you are first taught to teach. Did you hear what I just said there? Meaning that when we say people are coming to the mountain, what are they coming to do there? Because many people think it as though, it's, oh, I get to this mountain after I've done all my career. Now I'm number one in my career. Then, you know, I'm number one in my business. I'm number one in government. Then I've gotten to the mountain. <laughs> the mountain of God is the mountain of teaching. It is in that place the old nations will now come and say, We've seen your sacrifice on how you've allowed God to use you. Come and teach us how to do this. We've seen your, your, your track records with your dealings with God. We've seen how I, Deborah, arose and village life continued. And so the mountain of God, and I know we say, oh, the mountain of influence, on that mountain, it is not that day when you eventually now climb to the top. No. It is that there is a continuous process of sacrifice and teaching whereby God begins to walk with man. The first thing first is that God breaks you to build you. 
Can I talk to you this morning? It rips you apart to start you afresh. And on that mountain, look at this again in the book of, um, I think it was Matthew. The Bible says about Jesus. The devil came to tempt him on the mountain. Watch this. What the devil wants is the same thing God wants, your life. Listen, God doesn't want part of you. He doesn't want 10% of you. He wants the totality of you. He wants to consume you fully of him. Not one side of you, this side of you, another side of you. It's the fullness of you. But the man that God would use must first go through the school of teachings. Must first go through the mountain of sacrifice. Must first go through the process of growth. And this is why we have gathered. This is why we have the gathering. For a moment, would you take your eyes off this beautiful euphoria of how one day you would finally become the number one in your field to how and what are the things that God needs to break inside of me. David says, search me, O God, and know my ways. He says, if there's any evil way in me, he says, turn me a life everlasting. Who are the people that God is going to use? Do you see that God said about Abraham? He says, I know Abraham would teach his children. You know why? That's a man that has been tested. Listen to me. I know we sing glory, glory, glory. But you can never bypass the school of power. You can never bypass the school of training. You can never bypass the school of teaching. You can never bypass it. And the same way on that encounter, what God wants is your life. Is the same way what the devil wants is your life. The question is, Who would you give it to? And you see, when we say what God wants is your life and what the devil wants is your life, don't think I'm talking about your life. Because let me tell you something. Every singular decision of your life is your life. Did you hear what I just said? So really and truly, the decisions that you say no to him, you are actually saying that you can't have this part of my life. You can have this part, but you can't have this part. Glory to God. Listen to me this morning. What God wants, and I'm, this is not my teaching, this is just getting us ready as a generation. 
let me share a few of my thoughts. There are three things that I believe you must begin to pay attention to. Number one, you must decide, and let me say it here very so powerfully, as a matter of urgency, because let me say this here, there are some things God will not hand over to someone who is not trained by him. There are certain things you will not experience if you are not tutored by him. The apostles could change the earth. You know why? Because they had been with him. When we come for conferences like this, most times we want to be taught about how we are going to take over the world. And we want to skip the process. And so easy when, I, when people come and say, in the name of Jesus, may the grace that would move you to a new level of manifestation come upon your life. And you should say amen to that. But most times, we don't want to go through the process of teaching and discipling. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. It means if God took this direction, Enoch was taking the direction. He said, the first thing first is, what is it that you have that he didn't even give to you in the first place? Every of the session before every speaker comes up, I want to lay a background because what would happen is that every of the things that they're going to say would build upon what I'm saying. Discipleship is a curriculum that you must undertake. And let me share a few things here. I've come to realize that in life, nothing just happens. Nothing. And I've noticed also that when people get successful, there is a supernatural way where <laughs> it's just like a woman who is in labor. Right? When she's in labor, there is pain of labor. Pain. She's like, I can't do this again. You know, I can't do this again. I, I mean, I heard that some wives will beat their husband. Back, back, back. If you touch me again, my wife did not beat me, so. Don't touch me again. Don't, don't, don't. The pain is there. Everyone is saying, oh, sorry, oh, sorry, oh, sorry. But when the baby comes out, they forget about the pain. It's the joy of the baby. The pain is part 
of the story. Your pain is part of your story. And the process of drilling nothing just happens. We're going to have Miss Mr. Sibuko Abushika in a moment to speak. And I want to say something here. You know, it's very easy for you to stay here and look at her and any of the speakers speaking and say, oh Lord, I want to be like these people. And yes, you should believe God for it. But let me say this. <laughs> if you hear the process required for that, my question to you would be, are you still sure you want to be that? Are you still sure? One day in church, somebody said, ah, P.S., I really like you, da 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 da, da. You know, so I, I invited the person to my office. You know, the person sat down. I was in meetings, da-da-da. And so, after a few minutes, after a few hours, the person came in and said, ah, man, P.S., I don't like your life, oh. I said, ah, but you, the other day you said you want to be. <laughs> Let me close here. Abraham had 318 men in his army, in his house, who were taught on how to fight. David had his mighty men in his house, in cave Abdullah, who were taught also how to fight. Which house and which cave do you belong to? Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Which house and which cave do you belong to? I dare say this. The man and the woman that God would use in our generation. It would be people who would give themselves to him. I want you to shut your eyes this morning. I, all through this conference, I've just been sensing consecration, 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 consecration. I want you to shut your eyes and tell God, take everything and leave you alone. You didn't hear that prayer. Take everything and leave you. <laughs> Take everything. I'm just going to give you two minutes to pray that prayer. Take everything and leave you.
welcome everyone. I want to share a story. I've shared with a few people. I hope you are getting blessed. We teach what God wants us to teach, not what people want to hear. Amen. Let me share a story with you. When I was on campus, I never thought I was going to be a pastor, right? Never did. All my life, never did. Until four years ago when it happened. I mean, I, I tell people, even, and that's why sometimes when I hear, oh, do you know this pastor? I literally just started knowing people through three years ago. I didn't know pastors. I just, you know. But I knew that God had a plan for my life. I knew. And you see, this thing that says that tenacity towards spiritual things are only meant for pastors must stop. In my session today, this evening, my, this afternoon, pardon me, this session, this afternoon, we're going to go through the whole of Daniel, Ezra, and Agai. Daniel and Zerubbabel. That's what I'm going to teach on. Listen, all the way back from then, I never thought I was going to be a pastor, but I felt a tenacity that is required to fulfill purpose. Listen, you didn't come to this earth to play games, kite or kalo kalo. We're not here for a joke. We are here on an assignment. And by the power of God, that assignment must be fulfilled. And let me tell you something. It's not just amen. Let me tell you something. For assignments to be fulfilled, it must be empowered by the Spirit. Listen, nothing self-actualizes itself. Nothing. Inertia, until an external force is added to something, it means at the point of rest. If Jesus needed to pray, Jesus needed to pray to bad things about his own assignment, then you must too. As far back as campus, I'm telling you the honest truth here. I am not sure, and this is not, I mean, at the end of the grace day, it's not labor, it's not hard work, it's not, it's the grace of God. But there is diligence, because the Bible says, see thou a man. I'm not sure there is any that I know of all. any Copeland and Agin's message have not heard from part one I'm telling you the honest truth I wasn't really involved deeply in church I had something else I was doing dance group but I knew that for you to fulfill your assignment on the earth let me tell you something. One of the things that happened to me after school was that God exposed me quickly to celebrities. I don't care about them really, but. And I don't truly shout. <laughs> and that's why I see anyone that uh, do anyhow will see anyhow. You come, aha, we give you, not that, uh, not that. Uh, Say, I say, Nebuchadnezzar's coin is coin now. 
You know, rich Paul, no, no. Paul will first break bottle. You see, if you are seeing somebody that you want to fight with, and you come and the first, the first, first break bottle on their own head, will you still fight? You can say, ah, this one, this one, a madman. You just come out now. Uh-huh. Let me tell you something. Nothing in this life just happens. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Even when it comes to money, I hope you know money is spiritual. Fame is spiritual. That was part of the covenant that God had to Abraham. He says, I would make you famous. Christians, to be famous is not a sin. Amen. I just healed somebody now. It's not a sin. But not that the whole reason why you're on earth is to be famous. So that's not the point. And so, since that time, I would get books, I would get material. Now, I'm telling you the honest truth. You must have a spiritual meal plan that empowers the fulfillment of your assignment on the earth. You can't be 28, 32, 26, 16, 18, no matter the age bracket. And you can go three months without even remembering that there's something called fasting. I'm, and I know I'm talking to people that want to fulfill assignments. That's, that's why I can say some of the things here. And that's why you must prioritize relationships that would empower that thing for you. You must. There are certain relationships in your life. Listen, there are certain relationships that just by conversation, I don't know if it happens to you, it triggers something inside of you. And there are certain relationships just by conversation, it kills everything inside of you. Let me share your story, which I was going to say. When I finished school, I was staying somewhere before, but because of some things, I had to leave there, and I had no place to stay. No place. I was supposed to go back to my dad's house. I was walking somewhere at Okwebi there. In fact, I had bought a car before I rented house. That's stupidity. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, but it helped me, Shah. The car helped me, in a way. But let me tell you the thing. Because you see, God can call you. You can be very prayerful, spiritual. But you must go through. Because you see, if your daughter, the way you will train your daughter or your son will be different from the way you will train a slave or your, or your nanny. Yes or no? If your daughter does anyhow, she collects anyhow. <laughs> In that sense. There must be a training. You pay more attention. You have conversation. You go through the process. Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And so I remember then, I left school. I was working in this place. Good job. You know, I got a car. But here's the missing thing. 
where I was staying, I had to leave. So there was no place for me to stay in Lake, and I couldn't go back home. It was far away from home, you know, where I was working. So what happened was, I would, and I want you to hear this. Ah, hear this, please. I would then <laughs> stay in the office till about 10 o'clock. I'll be acting as if I'm walking because there's no place to go to. So I'll be acting, say, now like say we the walk. Everybody would have left. Then I would find a place in the office to sleep. I had this black, uh, black bag. In that bag, all the nations are inside. Toothbrush, toothpaste, two shoes, extra clothes. Anywhere I'm going to, I carry that bag with me. You know, Yoruba says there's a thing that sometimes when God changes you, he puts lost memory loss. That's why the Bible says, when the Lord turn the captivity, they shall be like them. You just forget. That's what I was talking about, the labor. Once the baby comes out, you forget everything that has happened. But for baby to come out, you must labor. And so, I'll take my bags. So that first day, the second day I slept, I tasted on my house, I did. I oversleep. So it was this cleaner that met me where I was just, ah, sir, you know, go house. I said, Kai. So I knew. And I told you the story before. I had one boss that had vowed that I was going to leave that job. So, so that I would not be doing myself and partner with the devil to help me fire myself. I thought about it. I said, I can't sleep here again because, I mean, so I was thinking about it. I said, ah, where will I go to? And I had a car. I mean, this is real life story to me. Not that movie. This is not Netflix or, or Blood Shola or Blood Sister. Or this is real life. <laughs> so I just thought about it. And wisdom is profitable to directors. In it, uh -huh, nobody saw our generation talk about In it, uh -huh. <laughs> so I just remember that, ah, wait, oh. There was a particular school that I wanted to go to first that God did not allow me to go. And I went to the best university in this country. Oy. And that particular school, that school is like the UK. You have to walk like this. No space. Oh, you, you have freedom. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Nobody say, you want park car. You go first. No liberty. I mean, I like where there's liberty. Oh, PD. Eh? All this is on liberty school. <laughs> but let me say this. <laughs> but truly, oh, that season, that school help you. Because I just remember that, wait, oh, nobody will hold me if I go to this school. Nobody will ask me, where's my certificate? Where's my... Everybody in our student now, especially if you're young, you'll be student. So I just I would drive my car and I'll go there, park my car, I will never forget. It's in front of main auditorium. Main auditorium. I will park my car there. There's one place that they used to sell food. Um, Jesus. Is it Jesus Embassy? In Unilagabi. There's Abby? You're not proud of your school. Talk to me now. Jesus Embassy. 
Uh -huh, I remember that place. I would say, rice, 50. Error. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Error. Mm -mm. Just give me. Kolo. I'll take the food to the car. Eat. Recline the chair. And sleep. I literally did that for about three weeks. 5 a.m. I'm telling you. 5 a.m. in the morning before students gather or lecturers, they come. I will drive to Jaja. Anybody in Jaja here? That's Jaja Hostel. If you had ever went to PD, which hostel is it? Magrogo. See the name now? Magrogo. You hear us? Angola. Fajuyi. Which are Magrogi. Marere. It sounds like Tom Maragada Marada Peter. Please. <laughs> the new Unilag, I love you guys. I'll go there, actually, I'll go there very early in the morning, 5 a.m., and go and have my bath. Those boys. Now, so did they bath. They are not bathing for themselves, they are bathing for two. But in all of those periods, let me tell you something. For at least two weeks out of that three weeks, I was fasting. I said this, whatever you want to bet in me, O oh God, with this experience, bet it fully. May God take you through the process. Rise on your feet. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much he wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in his presence.